What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Ryan Schlesinger Podcast. This is episode three. I'm your host, Ryan Schlesinger, and today we're going to be recapping another incredible Marlins game. This time, the Marlins win it again. They are now undefeated in the month of July. They're 4-0 as they will play the Angels tomorrow back at home in Miami. So the Marlins win it 3-2, and if you didn't watch, again, I am very sorry for you if you did not watch this one. This was an incredible game, and honestly, I thought it was over. The Marlins had Braxton Garrett going today, and Garrett pitched seven innings and one-third, allowing four hits, one earned run, he walked one guy, struck out four. So that's the final line for Garrett. His ERA, which was in the mid-fives before, goes down to 4.25 on the season. An incredible start from Braxton Garrett. He had six shutout innings. Well, actually, really, seven shutout innings. And then in the eighth, he allows a run. Unfortunately, you could just tell he was getting a little bit tired. He walked the first batter of the game, and... It was at that point where he had a pretty manageable pitch count, but you could tell he was not going to go the distance. They brought in Zach Pop, and he pitches pretty good, gets out of it. Nationals only score one run in a very scary situation after Soto got walked on four pitches, and then they have a bunch of runners on. They were able to escape it. And then Jimmy Yacobonis comes on, pitches one inning, allowing just one hit. And here's what we got to talk about here, okay? Brian De La Cruz, guess what? The Marlins hit another go-ahead home run down to their final strike. Not down to their final strike, but down to their final out. Just absolutely amazing. Yesterday was down to their final strike. Today was down to the final out. De La Cruz hits a high fly ball with a ton of exit velo. It's launched. I mean, this ball is crushed. And then it stays just fair. I could not see the ball on the camera angle from, that they were showing me on TV. So I thought it was going to go foul from, what I, from my perception, but it hits off the top of the foul pole. And since I'm currently in the New York market in Connecticut, visiting some family for the summer. I watched on the Nationals broadcast since that was the broadcast shown on MLB Network since it was at Nationals Park. They put the home team broadcast when they have regional coverage on MLB Network. And boy, this Nationals broadcaster was absolutely pissed off. I mean, De La Cruz hit the home run. You could just tell in his voice he was frustrated with the Nationals again because th- this happens... On and on and on with the Nats. By the way, this was in the 10th inning when D- DLC hits it. Miggy Rose on third, and Rojas had stole for third, but then back-to-back strikeouts from Tanner Rainey, Aguilar, and Anderson, the strikeout victims. But then De La Cruz betting cleanup in this one, wins it for the Marlins' go-ahead home run. That put them up 3-1. to one. Dylan Floro allowed one run off two hits, but really not much trouble because the Marlins did turn a huge double play where the runner from third was able to score, but it meant that there was going to be 
two outs, nobody on a single after that, and then the Marlins close it out. So incredible job today. Floro gets the second his second save of the season. Yakabonis gets his first win of the season. He's now one and one with a 2.45 ERA. He's been pretty good since getting called up. Obviously, some guys in the bullpen injured, Dylan Floro, Cole Sulcer. So he's been able to step up pretty big for the fish. And also, something I need to mention here. Miguel Rojas, two hits today. Jesus Aguilar, two hits. Aguilar actually drove in the th- first run of the ball game. He got an RBI single in the third inning, which put the Marlins up one to nothing for a while. It was one to nothing for a long time until the Nationals scored in the eighth to tie it. No runs scored by either team in the ninth. And then DLC, aka De La Clutch, De La Homer, whatever you want to call it, he hits the go ahead homer. Nationals only score one. So just an incredible game. So Rojas, Anderson, Aguilar, all at the top of the order, the top three, all get two hits. And De La Cruz gets one hit, but that was the homer, obviously. And I want to mention Luke Williams also being a huge contributor today, getting a bunt single to start off that inning where Aguilar would later drive him in. He was using his speed. And Jesus Sanchez, another good game from him. He only went one for four, but that hit, that one hit was not just a single. It was a double to the opposite field that bounced over the wall. And it was a ground rule double. Unfortunately, he got stranded, but it still counts as a double, even though he didn't score. So, hey, maybe the pants up, like J.P. Aaron Sevilla pointed out yesterday, is working. He's hit a home run. And a double, so two extra base hits in two games with his pants up because, obviously, again, today he goes pants up. So I just wanted to say real quickly, happy 4th of July. Very fitting that the Marlins get to win on 4th of July. And not only did they win on 4th of July, they won it in fashion, and they won it in the nation's capital of Washington, D.C. We take a look now at a tweet from Bally Sports Florida It's saying the Miami Marlins are the first team in MLB history with three exclamation marks. And yes, this definitely does deserve three exclamation marks. Anyways, to hit four go-ahead home runs with two outs in the ninth inning or later in the span of nine days. First, you have Nick Fortes on the 26th of June against the Mets. Then you have Avisail Garcia of the 29th of June against the Cardinals. And then... Yesterday, Jesus Sanchez against the Nationals, and then Brian De La Cruz. So you have a mix of four different guys all winning games for the Marlins when they were down to their final out. Just absolutely incredible. This feels like a different team because the Marlins are now able to compete because they can win one-run games, because they can be clutch. They have their bullpen starting to piece together very well. Tanner Scott, Stephen Okert, Anthony Bass, they're finding these guys... The team is finally meshing together. I am so happy with the Marlins. This is a dream come true because ever since the beginning of the season, I have constantly had so many problems with the Marlins. And on this five-game win streak, the Marlins have been a team that I want. I love this team. I feel like this is a whole different team than what we saw in really the first 70 games of the season. But now that we're halfway through the season, the second-half Marlins 
are going to be so good. I want them to start competing. I want to make a push for the playoffs. I am so happy right now. I I really am speechless. Anyways, I think it's about time to take a look at the tough road ahead for the Marlins because it gets harder and then it gets easier. We see tomorrow at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins returning to home. Hopefully they can sell well now that they're on this five-game win streak. They're going for their sixth game in a row tomorrow, and I think it's highly likely they get their sixth in a row considering who's pitching. Yeah, that's right. I think it's pretty obvious who's pitching. It's the ace, Sandy Alcantara, with his 8-3 and three record with his 1.95 ERA. He's going to be going against Noah Syndergaard, who actually has a losing record, 5-6, and 3.86 ERA. I'm not a big enthusiast of records. I don't think that the record stat for pitchers say anything about how good you are as a pitcher. I just think that it shows how good the team does when you're on the mound. For example, Sandy Alcantara, he has three losses, but really he hasn't really had any terrible games. I mean, that one against the Mets where, where he gave up three or four earned runs, but that was mainly because Ostudio botched that double play. I mean, the defense was terrible in that inning, and if you guys were watching that game, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, they had an infield single, an error from Birdie, who didn't even need to barehand the roller, and he could have gotten him out, and instead he messes up the barehand. So really, Alcantara has not had a bad start this season. I mean, he wasn't lights, 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 lights out at the beginning of the season. He wasn't like he is now. He's not lights, 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 lights out like he is now. But he was still a great pitcher. He still had a below three ERA for the first month, and then he really started to heat up. But for for April, Pablo was the the number one in the rotation, and now it's been Sandy all the way. Pablo. Hopefully he can bounce back. Had a good start against the Nationals. Anyways, on Wednesday, we thought we were going to be seeing Sandy versus Shohei, but it turns out that it's going to be Shohei versus Rogers. So Shohei pitches the day after Sandy. We're going to be we're going to see Shohei Otani, who has been great on the mound this season for the Angels with a seven and four record, a two point sixty eight ERA. Rogers, on the other hand, has a four and six record, five point fifty six ERA. His last time out in the series against the Nationals, he looked a lot more like the Trevor Rogers we saw last year. And then after that little two-game series in the middle of the week at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins will be playing the Mets on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at City Field in Flushing. So they have the Angels and the Mets. It's highly likely that I'm going to be going to the Sunday, July 10th Marlins versus Mets game starting at 1.40. As I have said previously in my podcast and previously in my episodes, that I am in the New York market, meaning that I am about an hour away from City Field, but usually the traffic is pretty bad to get into the stadium since, well, it is New York City. What do you expect? So usually it's an hour and a half away. I'm going to try and get there about 45 minutes earlier. I'm going to have a lot of coverage for that game. I'm very excited to make a post game podcast because so far since I started my podcast, obviously. There, there has only been three games that I've covered, so I haven't been able to go to any of them, but I'm very excited to cover my first game that I've attended on this podcast. After that, it'll be the Pirates on Monday at Lone Depot, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and on Thursday. So a four-game series against the Pirates. Then it's the Phillies next weekend, 
And then after the Phillies, it's the All-Star break. So only a few more series left. You got the Phillies, you got the Pirates, you got the Mets, and you got the Angels. So let's see how the Marlins can finish off the stretch of the season. Then they'll get a break for the All-Star break. Still don't know when Jazz is going to be coming back. We'll get some injury updates from our reporters, Christina DeNicola and Jordan McPherson. Once the next series starts tomorrow, we'll get a full injury report, and I'll have that right here on the podcast. Anyways, I want to thank everyone for listening. This has been an incredible win from the Marlins, making MLB history. What a way to start off this podcast. What a stretch for the Marlins. Five wins in a row. Let's make it six tomorrow with Sandy on the mound. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode tomorrow. And let's go, Marlins.